I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR, Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. And Miss Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. We also have an extremely special guest. We, you know, it's cool because I've mentioned so much that the Disney content creating community uh, is just full of really wonderful people. And this person in particular, we have gotten to know him over this year. This is the third episode he's agreed to be part of uh, for us this year. And just a lovely guy. We talk constantly. It's so cool to get to know John from BigFatPanda.com. Panda, how are you today? Awesome. And I have to tell you, it is an honor for me to be here. You guys are, you're just some of my favorite people. I don't even want to know why or figure out why you just are. <laughs> oh, oh really, my gosh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> really it's Thank true. You. You're, it's, you're the best. It's a hundred percent. You true. like us. You really like us. So. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was cool having you on that first episode. It was actually, I wrote down the numbers, so I didn't memorize these you two before you make fun of me, but it was episode 89. It was the very first episode of 2021. We talked about going back into the parks and then you participated in our WDW bracket challenge on episode 96 as well. And so uh, it's fun to have you on a full disclosure as we talk all things Jungle Cruise today, but we probably should let you at the very top of the show. This actually goes not only on our Beyond the Mouse feed, but it will go on the full Front Row Network feed. So there might be some people out there that haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet. So can you tell us a little bit about BigFatPanda.com and all the things you have going on over there? Yeah, I mean, basically that's you. Thank you for plugging the website for me. Everything is pretty much there. It's it's mostly a YouTube channel where I love to film the rides. I have a pretty good catalog of really, I think, good quality ride videos, shows, things like that. I pivoted a little bit during the pandemic to quizzes, you know, quiz shows and uh, live uh, on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. I do a live show with usually a guest. So things like that. So yeah, BigFatPanda.com goes to everything. If you take a look at it and you like it and subscribe, that is the best thing that you could do for me. Yeah. And just about every other Tuesday, you'll find most of us uh, all the time in Panda Trivia. So it's a free Disney trivia that you do. And I'll say I was just on a podcast with Jacqueline and Megan from Like This Pod. They're another uh, local podcast here. And they mentioned that they specifically join your trivia just to try to beat the three of us. So that's great. We got to make sure that, (laughs) you know, we got to make tomorrow, sure that tomorrow night, tomorrow night. I hope to see you tomorrow night. Uh-huh. That's, right. That's right. That's right. So uh, we are so happy to have you. And we're going to just dive right into this movie. Of course, Jungle Cruise having come out last week and uh, made pretty good amount of money at the box office, about $91 million. If you include not only the uh, box office for d- domestic, but also the international and Disney plus premier access total that was released by Disney as well. Not a bad haul. This movie was budgeted at about $200 million. So it's got some distance to go to make that money back, but it should be noted that this movie was very much filmed prior to COVID. It actually had an original release date back in 2019 that was pushed into the summer of 2020, thinking that likely they probably thought we have the rock in this movie. We can have this be kind of our summer adventure film. And then of course, COVID changed the world at that point. So it was delayed another year. And I think that, um, All told, $91 million seems like a pretty good haul for this film for that opening weekend, and hopefully it will continue to make that money and make back that budget, because I will tell you, this is the non-spoiler part of the review, and I really enjoyed this film. I enjoyed it so much more than maybe even I was expecting to, because it really hit that adventure movie vibe for me. But John, you're our guest, so why don't you go ahead and go first? What was your non-spoiler review, your thoughts, impressions? Impressions of the film and should people go out there and check this film out if they haven't already okay i think when listening to review it's important to know who you're who you're getting it from so of course i'm a disney fanatic i thought that i would like this movie i like the rock i thought it would be good i love emily blunt but like you i liked it more than i thought and there was more i think beauty and visuals in every shot that i didn't expect i mean i expected it to be visually stunning of course cgi heavy but 
I felt like all the money was spent. I felt like $200 million was spent in 20 minutes. And what could they possibly give me after? So, yeah, I was surprised. It definitely had an Indiana Jones, Goonies uh, kind of vibe, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one vibe. So that's, uh, yeah, my take was I really loved it a lot more. We'll get into more of it. Maybe maybe the story could have been slightly less convoluted, but loved it. You know, uh, Vanessa, I think you ought to go next because we know your history with the Jungle Cruise. And I've been anxiously waiting because you have not said anything about this movie since you've seen it in our thread as a as the Jungle Cruise fan on this podcast. What are your thoughts? I really enjoyed it. It's a fun, thrilling ride through the jungle. It gave me mummy. It gave me Jumanji. It gave me African queen. Um, if you are afraid of snakes, this is not a movie for you, but you know, just like the attraction, if you just get into the fun of it and go along for the ride, you're going to enjoy this movie. And there are plenty of puns for those, you know, wanting to hear some of those iconic jungle cruise jokes that I love so much, even though I think, you know, maybe I could have delivered them in a very <laughs> special way, but but it was enjoyable to hear them on on the screen. Can we just stop the press for a second? Vanessa, you were a skipper? No, no, I oh. just, um, well, I mouthed has- the jokes <laughs> in the back of the boat. Oh, okay, and she critiques so them in the middle of the, no, them. no, like, no, no, that's, that's we not need how to you- do that. I, you know, we need a, a different line reading and she Literally. is brilliant. <laughs> she is Brilliant so I think the her. answer to my question is, yeah, she technically is a skipper. Technically. Yeah, I, no kidding. When Brett and I went to Disneyland, I turned to him and I go, they did not say the backside of water. Like, I know, they do, did not say the backside of water. Oh, <laughs> we've been talking uh, back and forth about like things we can do to add to our Facebook group or to a Patreon or whatever. The first thing we're going to do is going to be your full reading of the jungle cruise script i think that that has to be i would oh love that I've, even written, I've written some of my own jokes but yes. again uh-huh. i remember that's, that's sitting down day. and this is this is non-spoiler because it happens so early in the film but uh sitting down and the first 15 minutes of this film uh the rock uh Dwayne johnson is just going through the jungle cruise attraction essentially and i was just like vanessa is gonna love this so i'm really happy that that was the case and i'll say just to add on to my comments from a little bit earlier before we get to brett what's cool about this i don't think that we get a ton of these action adventure movies very often and so that's a genre that i absolutely love to go back to because it's kind of like um when you go and you pick up a good fiction novel you want something that's going to take you away and really give you that true feeling of escapism. And to me, those are the adventure uh, movies because you get to see vast places. You get to see these uh, cool effects. You get to see this story that, again, to John's point, maybe has a bit of a convoluted plot, but at the same time, you don't care because they're having all this adventure right in front of you. So uh, truly, if you are someone that enjoys those classic adventure films, whether that be something like African Queen, which obviously this takes some odes from, or uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, or even something like Romancing the Stone, like this is the type of film for you, for sure. So Definitely go and check that out. Brett, what are your thoughts uh, in this non-spoiler oh, section? And well, then we'll dive into it. Non-spoiler. Well, I really wish I could say that I like this film, but I loved it. <laughs> Who are you kidding? I love this oh film. Gosh. I'm like going, I, hi, did, I, did I trick you? Did I trick you? Like another yeah, friend I got, across I the list. I know. I'm like going, this was a turkey leg. No, just kidding. I won't even go into that. Anyway, no, it was like, I was sitting there and in the first, again, as you said, like 15 to 20 minutes, I'm like going, this film was, was made for me and all of my Disney park loving friends, you know, and especially my Jungle Cruise friends. Hello there, Vanessa. Thank you. (laughs) That's actually a really good indicator because this is sort of where I started my review, at least on our Facebook page. Um, But this final, before we go into spoilers here, 
if you were going to rank this with the recent Disney parks attraction movies, where would this go? And I know you two don't like to rank things. So I'm just going to say that I put this ahead of clearly it's ahead of Haunted Mansion, right? We know that that was a bit of a misstep. Uh, I mean, when we recorded that, we recorded it with Lou Hare on Guilty Pleasures. So obviously that's a bit of a misstep. But I do think that going back, I wanted to make sure I watched Pirates of the Caribbean before I saw this film. So last month I did that. And that movie really still holds up very well. I would still decide, I think, to put uh, Jungle Cruise over that original The Curse of the Black Pearl film. And um, am I missing any? Those are really the three major attraction-based films. Am I missing anything else? Other than- Country Bears. Okay, The Country Bears. You're right. My apologies. I will admit to all of you right now that I have never seen The Country Bears. I haven't Uh, either. I'm sorry. That might be something that maybe someday we will get to. But John, these guys, they don't like to rank things. They always yell at me when I tell them that. But let's say those three films, Haunted Mansion, Curse of the Black Pearl, and uh, then also Jungle Cruise. Where are you putting this film? On no, this is yeah. This is definitely the epitome, the number one of uh, attractions. Yeah. Of if somebody said to me, "What is the best attraction movie?" This is it. Period. You know what? What awesome. it, it does also beg. Remember, they were talking about, and still, it's on the books to do the Haunted Mansion proper. Uh, I don't know if Guillermo del Toro is even still interested anymore. But imagine if they put the effort that they put into this into the haunted mansion we would get a a great film well and i'm we are at some point getting a muppet haunted mansion this year so hopefully we can you know (laughs) we'll have some properties that we can go into i always thought the haunted mansion would make a perfect series but that's for another episode uh, that we can discuss all that vanessa where do you put this film and maybe you're a little biased here i don't know well actually i gosh i here i'm really struggling with this because i feel like johnny depp was so iconic in that film that i mean uh i i like this film as a whole jungle cruise i think it's very well done it very much speaks attraction to me more than the pirates movie but johnny depp i could just i will forever know johnny depp as jack captain jack sparrow so i can't really put this one above that but they're very very close in in my heart in my heart really? they that, are close. that yeah. is i gotta say that's a slight shocker a to me Simon a little Cowell bit. in in my in my truest form i'm super you know gonna critique it and i just think johnny depp just wins with that performance alone but that's that's me all right brett when people were talking about, you know, this film and is it better than, you know, the myriad of list of films that it's kind of inspired by or that sort of thing. I'm like, going, well, if you are going to the Pirates of the Caribbean, number one and number two, I think are perfection. And then so I would put Jungle Cruise as three. Um, but I put the but but uh, uh, Jungle Cruise, excuse me, Pirates of the Caribbean two is like one of my favorite movies just because it was so funny and, you know, and then it sort of, well, um, then things happened. <laughs> then things happen. You know, what was it? The, you know, end of what world turns round. S- somebody up, phoned that in for a paycheck. I'm but like going, well, so I don't, no, I don't even I mean, know the we'll title there. Um, I'm like going, you know, sometimes you got to give writers enough time to write. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. yeah, so I, those are really perfect. But I'd say I, you know, I put this third because I All like right. the other two. I put it second because I I put those two together. All yeah, right. Okay. Well, uh, bef- we usually ask our Surprise. Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals Facebook group what your thoughts were in the non-spoiler section. And I'll tell you, this movie, you know, we did that for Cruella. Tons of comments, lots of uh, responses. We did that for Black Widow tons of responses and comments uh but only one uh for this one so i'm gonna read that maybe there's a lot of people out here that haven't (laughs) gone and watched this yet and so amber thanks for putting uh it out there that it was a good movie with plenty of humor and action some twists and turns to keep you into the movie dwayne johnson does a great job of incorporating the feel of the ride at disney so i think that she kind of goes along with all of us and i will tell you that it is absolutely worth seeing this film 
home, whether you're going to go to the theaters, if you are comfortable with that, whether you're going to watch it on Premiere Access for $30 at home, certainly something else that you can do as well. But I think we all agree that you should go out and check out this film. And this is the point of the episode where if you haven't checked out this film yet, you should pause us, come back after you see the film, because we are going to spoil things uh, here on out. And we don't want to necessarily do that to you. We want you to be able to experience the movie the same way we did, which is without any kind of spoilers. So our spoiler section will start in three, two, one. I guess the rock is as old as rocks, right? Is that <laughs> what we decided here? No, but truly. That was a twist uh, and turn. I was surprised by that, really. It was. I was actually a little bit uh, surprised. I guess I didn't, I didn't expect necessarily that at all see that one coming and i'll tell you you mentioned i think it was vanessa said somebody needs to if you're afraid of snakes to stay away from this film i'll tell you if you're afraid of bees to to stay away from this film because that one conquistador is nightmare fuel for little craig over here um but john now we get to actually get into look at him he's rolling around in honey what better way (laughs) to die i mean (laughs) smother me with honey i'm fine with it the Winnie the Pooh of the pod podcast, Vanessa. Ferguson. I am. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Panda, uh, we want to go to you first. Now that you're in the spoiler section, you can open up a little bit more. Uh, when was the first time? How did you see this film? Did you see it through Premiere Access? Did you go to Disney Springs down there? What? How did you see this film? You know, I'm a movie buff, so I have a pretty good size screen and the Bose surround sound. So I did purchase the Premiere Access. Uh, not not worry. I've been to a theater. I'll probably go back again with the whole Delta thing here in Florida. I said, let me just for now stay home, even though I'm fully vaccinated. So yeah, I did watch it home, but I enjoyed it. And I did think about 20 minutes in, uh, this would have been even more amazing on the big screen. Absolutely. Uh, and then the two of you, I know that um, myself and Vanessa, we uh, were actually given some early access from Disney. So we were able to watch those as a screener beforehand. Um, but that was also on our computers and on our TVs and things. Um, but Brett, you went to the theater. How was that experience? Well, yeah, I saw it in IMAX. And again, our <gasps> IMAX. That's great. Yeah. Our, I think our IMAX is, well, it's the only IMAX that I've been to, I. really. Little IMAX. You know? But still, I'm like going, that's like in the first 20 minutes, I'm like going, here I am, here I am, Summer. Thank you. Thank you. So I loved it. Maybe big I, but little Max uh, is probably yeah. uh, oh, okay. our theater yeah. is. And, and then, of course, All you lower know, case. I... I, I did do the premiere access for $29. So I could watch it again, you know, wow. That's interesting. I watched it because I watched it, um, you know, in the IMAX and there was no one around me. And I'm kind of careful with all of that given our situation. And so there was really no one around me. So it felt like a summer movie, but it didn't feel like a summer movie because no one was around and it wasn't a full theater, but it was, better that way this time around anyway but yeah yeah i very much enjoyed it we got to dive into these characters right away because they are just spectacular our leads in this i think are pitch perfect in my opinion i really enjoyed both of them but vanessa we'll start with you here uh do you want to maybe we should talk about them as a pair it seems like that's sort of what the movie wants us to believe this like kind of platonic pair uh between dwayne johnson's frank and then also emily blunt's lily can you talk about our leads in this film and what your thoughts were on their characters I feel so much like Brett talking about more than one character at a time. But <laughs> it's sure. <your> turn. <laughs> uh, well, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is, you know, he did so well in this film. I'm sure there are people out there that are thinking, oh, he's a wrestler. He's not a good actor. But to them, I say, you're just taking The Rock for granted. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I'm not sure why a former Spanish cartologist needs to be so buff and built like a sofa cushion. But that was the only part of the the film that I couldn't quite understand the casting is I I just would see someone who makes sits and makes maps all day to be a little more meek and, and mild. But no, this man is gigantic. So he was, I don't know, lifting weights and, and drawing maps with the other the other hand um but other, but other than that that's the only really non-believable thing about him in this about Dwayne the rock johnson as uh, frank in this movie i thought he did a great job and emily blunt 
she's just wonderful. How can you say anything bad about her? She's beautiful. She's fun. She's smart. She's, you know, I'm glad that they didn't make her character um, like helpless book smart. She, she's book smart, but she's also ingenious that if you're not going to help her, she's going to pick a lock and save herself. And and if she needs to wear pants, she's going to wear pants. I mean, that that's a girl after my own heart as someone who's been told that I had to wear high heels, I had to wear dresses. No, I'm going to wear boots and sensible pants and I'm going to go free the monkeys and <laughs> save the flowers and save myself. So um, yeah, the, them are the, both of them are wonderful in this. Now I will say together, the romantic chemistry uh, that I, 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 I don't know that I needed that in this film. I think it was kind of there. It, it was passable, but I didn't need it in this film. I would have been fine if it was like a, uh, like, what is it, like a, like almost like a cops movie where we're just pals and we're doing this adventure together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. But also did they ever, you know, explicitly, uh, I can't remember, honestly. It's been a minute since I've watched this, but was there ever a kiss? I mean, it doesn't seem yeah, like under oh, a there water. Yeah. I there mean, was. that is every that junior really high kid going to the fantasy. My apologies. My apologies. Was, my apologies. Craig, Craig, I'm with you. I don't remember any romance at all. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. Like, it, to me, it seemed so much more, and, and maybe they did add the kiss, and it was a bit of a groaner, like, um, uh, I'm thinking back to Ray and Kylo Ren and, and uh, Rise of Skywalker, but, you know, the, it, it doesn't like um, I can understand that that would elevate that relationship a little bit further than maybe I, I would want it to be, because I do see this uh, as more of a almost like a buddy cop type of film, film going throughout. But he and- says you would have been world enough to Lily. She would have been world enough for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, OK, well- all right. Well, of course, Absolutely. there was a kiss. I mean, he had turned literally to granite. And, That's you right. know, or well, a stone anyway. Um, and so, of course, you know, I mean, you saved me. I think that's where that kiss and that's really where it happened. You know, okay. so come on, you know. All right. Fair enough. Fair and, and, and there was there have been some, I don't know, critiques of this, you know, love interest chemistry. And I'm like going, I don't think that was its intention. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a hot and heavy you know, date movie. It was a family friendly Disney park adventure, you know, attraction movie. So they were, in, to my estimation, a little bit more, you know, chummy brother, sister, you know, as you said, it's a buddy film, you mm-hmm. know? So that's what I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll mention, you know, you brought up this point, this kind of like more empowered character that we have in Emily Blunt's Lily. I thought it was really interesting. And I don't know if I ever caught that they, they refer to the society at the beginning and the end of the film when McGregor is out there asking for essentially the research material at the beginning and he's denied because it's his sister that's really trying to do the research. And then at the end, uh, we see that Lily rejects membership into the society. Has it, was it ever actually explicitly said that that is the society of explorers and adventurers? Was that I, see? I saw a sign for that somewhere. Society of Adventures Explorers, so yes. So what's really interesting about that is that I think it's kind of like um, Disney almost taking a shot at themselves a little bit, which I kind of respected in a way, you know, to say like, obviously we've progressed as a society and all this, um, but it makes sense that this really male dominated society back in 1916 wouldn't want Lily out there um, taking any of the credit for her expeditions and things like that. So I just thought it was interesting that we get C in this movie. And I, and again, I don't know if it was ever completely uh, specifically related to that or said that that's what it was, but certainly that's what came up in my mind. And for those of you that aren't necessarily Disney fans, this is an entire, I think you're going to learn a lot more about this, first of all, because uh, there is a, right now, they're working on a Disney Plus series that is going to uh, take part in the Magic Kingdom for the most part. And my understanding is that C is going to be maybe one of the first uh, parts that they're going to take on because there's such a rich storyline there. This really started as something basically in Pleasure Island at Downtown Disney and has morphed from there to now we have Disney Sea out in Tokyo. We have different stories that have gone on throughout the years. They brought them the society into the Disney Cruise Line as well. So this is something that has kind of this rich kind of fun history for big Disney nerds like all of us. 
And I just thought it was interesting that they took kind of a little bit of a shot at him again, maybe for purpose of the plot, but still, I thought that that was kind of cool. The last thing I want from Vanessa, before I go onto the two gentlemen on the the edges of my screen on my zoom screen is uh, we did get the rock delivering the jungle cruise skipper Mm -hmm. lines. And Mm -hmm. I have seen the people, what's really funny about reading reviews for this film uh, is that I went on to Rotten Tomatoes and it had like a 67%, which actually was higher than I thought the critics might uh, be willing to give it. And I kept reading reviews that were like, oh, these dad jokes that are in this movie. And like, you can totally tell the people that had no clue what they were getting themselves into, you know, but I, um, they should be quiet. I wanted your take specifically on that, you know, that first part of going through the jungle cruise with uh, the rock and his delivery. Was it, was it dry enough for you? Was it too dry? What was it? So, uh-oh. I tend to lean on the side of not wanting my skipper to be too dry or too deadpan in their delivery. Um, because I feel like a lot of them are doing that now. And the best ones I've ever had are ones that deliver it in a way where they really believe what they're saying. So I, I'm fine with the rock how he delivered it uh i did very much enjoy the jokes but if it had been me in the movie i would have done it uh, just a little bit differently okay i would have said the backside of a letter and he's the backside of water you know i would have done it differently but that's that's just me i still think he did a great job you would have put some something else into it by the way going back to rotten tomatoes i'll mention this uh, in our thread for the front row network hosts i mentioned that i predicted immediately when i saw this that the audience score would be at least 15 to 20 points higher than the critic score on rotten tomatoes because i thought the critics would pan it but the audience would love it and turns out i was way wrong because the audience score is 30 points higher than the critics the critic score is 63 and the audience score for this film is a 93 so i think it was truly a hit for a lot of the audience that went Uh to go see it Panda, you're our guest. Uh, talk about Emily Blunt. Talk about uh, The Rock, whoever you'd like to in this uh, character section. You know, I'm going to agree with Vanessa on the delivery in the beginning, but I didn't expect anything else from The Rock. Like, he delivered it the way I thought The Rock would. So, but I do agree that if I'm on the ride, I like the skipper to really be more into it and believing it and not be in on the joke as much as The Rock was. Uh, Emily Blunt, who I love, I really loved her in this. She gave that, you know, everybody's, you know, we know it's a lot of fun and it's kind of jokey and humorous. She brought a realism that kept me more invested in the story than I even thought, like I just believed her. And I felt like she was really taking it seriously. Not that she shouldn't, but I just felt like, wow, she's really not phoning it in. The character I love the most, and I did forget the actor's name. I remember him loving him from Game Night. The villain that we have in this, what is his name? Jesse Plemons is his Je- uh, uh, actual name, but he's the prince in this oh, film. Oh, okay. The, which I just knew as the villain. But yeah, I love him. And he, I just, I, I don't know if I feel it from the movie or because I believe it. I feel like he was so thrilled to do this role and he had more fun than I had watching him. <laughs> like I just I feel like he had so much fun in it so yeah I liked the characters even her brother I thought did well and you know while we're here talking about it being a family-friendly movie it is they do allude to a gay moment with this character without saying it and I thought that was a good way where you're saying it without saying it well it was well, more know. period you know there was an under I mean it was it was you know 1916 where you know this is a little revisionist in the views but you know that's okay because but again it was just so subtle and it's why he would follow his sister to the ends of the earth is because she was she was behind him yeah with him you know so i thought that was really good so me too I definitely want to comment on both of those characters for sure, but I do want to go back to um, Brad. Did you have any comments on Lily or on Frank first? And then uh, Panda, you brought up a couple of characters. I absolutely want to dive into. So um, Brett, your thoughts. Love them. Uh, Love them. Makes it easy. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I I will say, you know, uh, this tidbit is out there that Emily Blunt was kind of having, she was had to be convinced to come on to this film and what happened 
They went uh, back to her a couple of times, met with her in person because I guess she was very tired after having just filmed Mary Poppins Returns and also A Quiet Place. And uh, they brought along with with them a video message from The Rock just saying how great they would be together. And he ultimately convinced her to take this part. So and I'm glad he did because uh, she did such a wonderful job. But Panda, you did a great job of transitioning us. Brett, I'm going to let you go kind of first here talking about our villain in Jesse Plemons, because uh, you didn't get to talk much uh, other than saying you love them about our leads. So what are your thoughts about our villain here? Uh, I hated him. No, I mean, I like him because he was good. Okay. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I got to push back on both of you just a little bit because uh, this is the the one character that I thought, and I love Jesse Plemons. I've loved him. He was like the only good part of Vice for me. He uh, did such a great job in Game Night. Holy moly. What a great movie, right, John? Like, it's just loved so good. That loved Game Night. But in this film, for whatever reason, I think it was the accent was just a little too like mustache twirly for me. And it's funny because when you came on, it's funny that you also just kind of referred to him as the villain because behind the podcast, before anybody was on here, I was trying to figure out how to pronounce his name because it, it just like, I couldn't remember his name from this film. And uh, it, it's just like, I, for some reason, he just didn't do it for me. But Vanessa, what was your thoughts on Jesse Plemons' character, the villain of this movie? So I have to say that uh, this is where I got a little confused with the plot, was what what is he doing? Why is he in a submarine? What 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 is his goal here? I that, That's where I got lost a little bit in the story. So I can't really point to anything about his portrayal because I was every scene he was in, I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on. But it's interesting that you say that he was a little too mustache twirly because I felt the same about Paul Giamatti that I, I love that guy. I think he's such a strong actor. And then this, I just felt was very, um, th- he lent himself to doing a characterization as opposed to like acting. And not that he's not acting in this, but just, he has so many memorable acting roles that this was more of him doing a part a bit. And so I felt that was a little uh, like, Oh, you're an Italian. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Like I, I just, and I just thought he would be more when I saw, I got so excited when I saw him on the screen that I, I thought he was going to be more a part of the movie, but, but though maybe that was the intention was to mislead us. Cause we think he's the villain and really he's not. So is he even Italian? Yeah. I'm like, what, what is it? I can understand like being convoluted there because you don't like at the beginning, you're trying to figure out, is it Giamatti? That's the villain. Is it Plemons? Like, you know, and I totally get that. Those are almost interchangeable. Brett, did you have something? Why? Yes. Well, I don't know why there's any confusion because there was an entire line um, given by (laughs) as the character of Lily Houghton that gives the exposition behind the entire reason why our villain is there. (laughs) it was an entire line you know well i believe that there you know that there's been there's been write-ups that you know that villain guy has been doing research on you know the tree and the flower and you know that should be enough to hold everyone over don't you think yeah (laughs) i mean for this short attention span gal i guess it wasn't (laughs) enough but uh needed yeah there i'm like well it was right there it was right there exposition boom well, I have heard that he, I'm <laughs> just like going, okay, that was shoehorned a bit, but I still love you. Before we move on to uh, how Trader Sam is done in this, because I think oh. there's a big question about out there, like how are they going to incorporate Trader Sam? Obviously, Trader Sam is changing quite a bit in our Disney Parks versions of the Jungle Cruise. And so uh, we'll get to that. But I think, John, you brought up a, a great uh, point in McGregor in the sibling character, because it's interesting because we, we get these moments and, you know, uh, we talked a bit about how inclusivity is being added as a fifth key has been added as a fifth key for all cast members of the Walt Disney world company and, and all the Disney company in general. And it's interesting because I remember when uh, beauty and the beast came out and LeFou at the end of that movie uh, is seen dancing with another man. And they basically, the press said, Oh, there's a gay moment in beauty and the beast. And a lot of people said, well, what is this? You know, the, you know, what, how, why, why is this, you know, why are we spotlighting it? And it's reasons like this that we spotlighted something like that in my mind, because 
then you can start to move into an area where you can have like an honest conversation on a screen at a Disney movie of a brother who was uh, basically cast out from his family and that his sister is the one that really loves him and has been his, his friend and guardian, essentially. And to me, that was such a beautiful scene and it was so unexpected. To me, it kind of came out of nowhere and I hadn't heard a lot of like, oh, there's a gay character in Jungle Cruise. And I think yep. it's because they already got over all of that kind of press attention for stuff like that. And now we can just let people be who they're going to be in a movie. Did you have something else to add there, John? No, that it definitely was unexpected. I was like, oh, they're going a little deep here. And, and the more you heard from him, the more you're like, oh, okay, I'm not reading into this. It is what I think it is. And I, li- I just like the way they approached it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. And Brett, you were uh, also like, you had, like, like your hand. Well, I think in... Um, in Beauty and the Beast, it was a little misleading um, because every time, because every time Gaston and LeFou were on the screen, I'm like, wait, is this it? You know, and it was like, and I'm just like going the whole time. So it colored the whole thing. And I'm like going, it's, it's really just something at the end. And it's, you know, it's a character development over time with LeFou. It doesn't, it, you know, cause I was like going every time he would look at Gaston, I'm like going, Oh, is he looking at what is it? You know? So this was, this was handled entirely different. There was, you know, a little bit of stereotyping with overpacking perhaps, but um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but still it was, it was, it, that part was very extremely well done and just handled well, because again, it's a key, you know, let people be who they are. And Vanessa. Anyway. So I love this character. And it was, so first I was getting very, the mummy vibes where I thought it was going to be <laughs> the, the brother that's kind of huffy and self-centered and, you know, he's bringing all of his stuff. And then you, you begin as the story and unravel like unrolls rolls out, you begin to see that, Oh no, this is a very sincere, sweet character that is just, having to go through this for his sister he does not want to be here and then to have that real sweet moment of sincerity where he's being very vulnerable and and telling this the rock you know why he is following his sister what's happened to him that elevated the movie for me i really i i like sent craig a message right away i'm like craig this scene isn't here. I love this so much. Um, and, and you know, and, and what you have mentioned, Beauty and the Beast, I think too, is, is that one is at the end, like the guy's in a dress and it's like, haha, guy's in a dress, but that's not real life. Like this, mm-hmm. this scene in this movie is more real life of you love who you love and it's, it's sincere and it's honest and truthful. And I just, I loved how they did this in this movie. It's just, ah. Oh, Big, big hearts all around. I felt the love in this scene. But anyway, uh, and the actor is so funny, too. I love it when um, Jack Whitehall, we should mention his name, Jack Whitehall, when he's uh, sees the rock with a a sword in his impaled in his chest. You you have a little something in your back. You know, (laughs) (laughs) he's very very English. He does that part so well with being so likable, too. So anyway, that's my two cents on him. I just love that character. So something to add, but it really doesn't have to do with exactly this, but we were talking about the overpacking. If you look closely while The Rock is throwing out some of his items that he says is too heavy to take, there's like a canoe of people taking and stealing the items, mm-hmm. the boxes. And it's <laughs> it just brings, there's a lot of that going on in this movie where there's a life beyond what's in front of your face, mm-hmm. which makes the whole thing feel alive. And it makes it like it, it it allows for that adventure aspect, right? Because like, it's like when you see Indy running through the bustling streets of whatever city that he's in at the, at any given moment. It, and uh, we get a little bit of that too in Jungle Cruise when they're visiting these port cities and uh, seeing like just all the activity going on. And I think one of the ways that that's also explained and expanded is in the quote unquote cannibal scene uh, where we get to see Trader Sam, who is portrayed by a woman in this and and also um, is not at all uh, part of a tribe. She is a bunch of hired, basically, actors by The Rock. Uh, and he, they're hired because uh, when he does these jungle cruises and takes them on down the river, he gets to essentially uh, con whoever he's taking on for the ride, right? Vanessa, did you, I, I saw you raise your hand. This is where I got confused, okay? So did you nap again? No, I wasn't okay. napping. I just, I 
was looking at some things, but I just got <laughs> I she was on so, bigfatpanda.com. I was. I, I was wish. trying to do all my trivia <laughs> questions. Um, so what, were they cursed though? Because he says they cursed all of us. Mm-hmm. And so so the Those native the, people were not cursed, just this just the conquistadors. But but he got cursed even though he tried to save the life of the native chief. It's too late. He was part of that. He was part he of was their still cursed. He was part of their okay. gang. And so it was it was a universal curse for those involved in that. He just had more redeeming qualities. And he also, well, when he trapped the others, that's when, you know, things got ugly for them and they became part of, you know, the, the jungle. And he was still able to, you know, abs- work out and, and draw maps. And uh, at some point he lost the atrocious wig that he had on for a little while as well. So because apparently when you're immortal, you can cut your hair and get really, really buff too. So he made, unlike some of us (laughs) who were in the pandemic, not doing a thing. He was like in his own pandemic, working out and looking good. I don't know. He had hundreds of years to do it. Right. But I think this is a good transition point because I thought it was a a unique way that they brought in that uh, character of Trader Sam because it is such an iconic character in Jungle Cruise lore um, to bring it into a new light and then uh, also to kind of turn it on its head in that it's basically there that whole tribe is part of the con. Yeah, that Frank. Uh, turn it on so, its head. Two heads for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> you get you, you, you. Okay. I knew that you yeah. were going to bring it this episode. Yay. I just knew it. So. Um, let's talk about the writing. Let's talk about uh, set design. Let's talk about, you know, costumes, anything you want to talk about kind of uh, overall about the production in this area. Vanessa, you looked extremely excited to go first. My favorite scene. Can I talk about my favorite scene? Yes, you can. (laughs) When they kill Dwayne, the rock Johnson, and they stab him with a spear and he's down. and he's hitting every single tree on the way and i'm watching this in horror and i'm like that was so gr- that's so gruesome how they killed him i mean they couldn't just let him fall they had to have him hit every single yeah. limb thank goodness that he doesn't actually die and when they when she walks up to him and he's alive i'm like oh, he's alive <laughs> i did not yeah. see that I was laughing so hard. So I, when we talk about the story being convoluted, I'm kind of glad that I was missing a few things because that reveal was so awesome for me. I never want to trip around Vanessa. <laughs> no, right? She'll just laugh. Oh, you just- Vanessa, I'm bleeding cold ambulance. <laughs> I wasn't laughing when it happened, but later when I'm like, oh, that's why they had him hit every tree. <laughs> because he we, doesn't die. The last time we were all together, I think we were talking about cruising and maybe uh, some future cruise together. And could you imagine you're going overboard and Vanessa's just <laughs> <laughs> like, John! Oh, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's uh, that's so wonderful. But um, Panda, talk to us about production, writing, uh, whatever direction you want to go with this. The the visuals, again, I know, you know, it's a lot of CGI, but the visuals really made me feel like I was in the jungle. And by that, I don't mean like just a couple of trees and water in a boat. Everything felt lush. Everything felt alive. There was always little creatures and the colors and the it just felt like the amazon and i liked it it wasn't just one scene that made me feel that way and then the rest was like phoned in it was the whole movie it just frightened it just felt really organic i liked it so that that much the writing I've, again i think a little convoluted i was questioning a few things like what's going on here with who's this per what's this going on also just going back to paul giamatti for a second his accent i felt was going in and out. I was like, what? Oh, he's talking different now. Okay. But right? yeah, I just visually. Well, he's a con just, man too. So yeah, the, true. With really, he should seriously get some sunscreen. Who are yeah. we kidding? He's got rosacea. Like going, I don't know. It was, <laughs> I'm like going, each time I looked at him, I'm like going, moisturize, moisturize. And I don't know. Was, I want to no, throw him a Biore. You know, <laughs> so. Anyway, Brett, what do you want to talk about? Okay. 
Okay, I'm going to go back to characters, but it goes to writing for a second because Dr. Albert Falls, I'm just like going, I am dying with all of the references, especially Dr. Albert Falls, you know, which is the joke of, you know, Schweitzer Falls. We all know that. And I'm talking to who? Anyway, but yeah, so when Dr. Dr. Albert Falls, and they just say it, you know, so like nonchalantly and like, well, Dr. Falls did that. I'm just laughing so hard. I was loving that. I was loving that. And it is lush. Let's go to the look because you talked to me about the look. I'm like, it is lush. And I'm, and with the exception of one, which will go into the, what didn't work for me. um, (laughs) There was, when they were in the jungle part, I'm like going, I didn't, you know, I mean, I can imagine that they could train that many snakes to do, to do all that thing and, and, you know, and flowers to open up and chomp, chomp on insects and all that. You know, I, I believe that, you know, so well, that CGI Brett, didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with it all. But they tried to get the snakes to work longer hours for the movie, but their contract was too constricting. Oh, <laughs> oh Brett, hold oh, on. I have a joke for you. Did you plan that? that? Did you set that up? With no, her? she's no, she. Well, she's that good. She really oh, is very good. That good, but okay. she I'm probably, sorry. I'm so she sorry. probably has been writing him down since she saw it. So. No, <laughs> she no, really, no. Well, see, she is just, that good. She could do that. Just throwing it well, out okay, of okay, here. Okay, Vanessa right was Vanessa was actually a dad in another life. So I, I'm just gotta, <laughs> I've got to go back for just a moment because you were talking about, you know, the brother sister relationship, you know, I'm like going, well, really Lily Houghton was her brother's rock, right? Oh, I like it. Anyway, so I know she had little... two rocks. She did. Well, yeah. You know. Uh, okay, that didn't land as good as I was hoping. See if I would have interjected at the right time. It she had been. so many I rocks. Her. I just marvel at that. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, I am, yes, oh, I, I am just setting you up. For see, we shouldn't even try. We shouldn't even try. That's my, that's even my try. reason in life is to say. I will say, I, I think that uh, overall, um, I, I thought that the writing, what was nice about it was all the Easter eggs to the attraction. And I think that it's one of those movies where, yes, you absolutely could go into this and not be like a huge Disney geek and Disney fan and still get a cool adventure film out of this. But the screenwriters did such a good job of adding in so many unique elements from the attraction, um, different things that we notice right away that might be needing to be like Easter egged out uh, to a general audience. And I really appreciated that all the way. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, well, that kind of is like in the thing that doesn't really work for me. Uh, so maybe that's why, uh, maybe I'll transition into that unless anybody else has any final thoughts on production design, visuals, writing, any favorite scenes you want to call out before we go there. Anybody? All right, I, liked, let's go. I liked that it looked like the African Queen. I like that movie. I like that the costume design was essential, at least for The Rock, was essentially the same as uh, Humphrey Bogart. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Bring us on home. I'm going to start us off here. So I already talked about Jesse Plemons' character and being a little bit over the top for me. But the thing that didn't work for me was the kind of the MacGuffin of the... Uh, tears of the moon petals and things. Because for me, I kind of wish that there was something a bit more involved in the story that they were actually pursuing. You know, there wasn't, and I get that they kind of tied it into World War One by saying, you know, we could bring this home and it could help out the war effort because this is essentially the fountain of youth. It just was a little bit like, Okay, you need something to go here. This is, again, uh, for those of you not aware of the term, a MacGuffin is things like the Maltese Falcon, uh, where it really doesn't affect the plot at all. It's just kind of there only to service, uh, to be able to have a plot, right? Only to be able to go out there and and grab for your main characters to get or or receive. Uh, And it, to me, that was the one thing where I was like, I wish there was a bit more. I thought that there could be kind of a cool earth thing that they could be going after in the Amazon or maybe um, just some other reason. I thought the whole side thing of the conquistadors, to me, that was more interesting than the final goal of getting the petals from the tears of the moon. But that was just me. Uh, and I survived it. Obviously, I still really enjoyed the film. But Panda, anything that you didn't necessarily care for in this film? 
I, I think like you, the whole pedal thing, I don't think we, I, I didn't know the rules of the pedal. Why are they going to, they're going to come alive. They're going to die. And then, oh, here's a, just an extra one. It, it was a little more, you know, put there, like you said, because it needed to be, but yeah. uh, again, loved it. So. Yeah. Brett, you mentioned something earlier. Oh yeah. What didn't work for me? Uh, well, oh, come I'm on, thinking that there are, I maybe, you know, I mean, <laughs> Um, animal trainers, yeah, I mean, they need jobs too. So I'm thinking that the cheetah could be mm, a little better. More real? No. More real, yeah. Yeah, I had just a little bit of a problem with that, you know? I'm like, because I could, you know, I mean, we've seen the making of for all these sort of things. So every time they're rubbing his head and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, it's just a guy with a green suit with a. Oh you know, my gosh! I thought the head. same thing as he was. You no, know? and I'm just like going, oh, that's kind of spoiled us for it. Let's go back to real animals again, or better CG because I, because I believed everything else in the jungle, you know, and I'm sure you know the flowers that mysteriously bloom and then eat bugs and all that. You know, all that is you know CG, and and I'm like going, and you've given this. The Jungle Book and other, and you've given us the Lion King. I'm like going, get us a better cheetah. Yeah, well, I can it's actually a jaguar, a but jaguar. Sorry, jaguar. Oh, I know. Was that is that, is that um Well, it's probably Elon that is actually found. You know, that is found in the uh, in uh, in the Amazon where the elephants, <laughs> the auto animatronic. So, okay. Adam, this is, yeah, from early on, we're not found in the jungle, which was so fun because when she calls him out on that, he goes, "Shh, be quiet." Shh. Yes, I know they're not they're not natives, they're not real, but don't they? But aren't they fun? You know, so really <laughs> I love <interesting>, that nod. <laughs> really interesting, Brett. Is I don't think that we all agree that cheetah could have been done better, or that the jaguar could have been done better. But it wasn't because they, I think it was a conscious decision to make it look the way it did and not be a photorealistic Jaguar. Because we all know they could do it and they did it with other things in the movie. So why did we get this Jaguar that was, it wasn't bad CGI. It was no. just, there was something cartoony about it that let us know it was not real. And they it, certainly it takes the us out. It, it, takes us, it takes us out of the moment. You know, and two hundred million like going, dollars. Uh, you know, obviously you get some big stars in this, so that's going to go was, to salaries. Yeah, it was well. a get a, cheap, get a jaguar decision. trainer. Well, I think for okay. all that this jaguar did, it couldn't be really done safely for actors to be there with it. Not the way this okay. thing did the well, attack in the in the beginning. Fair. The attack in the but bar. I did. Maybe it's the close-ups that are annoying. The whole know, the thing. interactions with the face. I don't know. Well, and you saw just, it on it the took IMAX me... screen too. And I wonder if like, um, if, you know, sometimes CG on a larger screen like that can really like, if you're not into that particular element of CG, it can really come out in a larger screen like that. It just took me out of the moment. I was in the moment and it took me out. And as any theater person knows that when do you, it's just giving your audience, it's giving your audience noise and other things to think about that you don't want them to think about. So yeah. it took me out. So I bet you on a making of this movie, that. we're going to get some why they chose something and probably they might even fix it. I do agree with that with the, with the Jaguar. Anyway. Vanessa. Oh, no, I'm taking it. There was all. a jaguar. There was a jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you never know with me. I'll be like, what? What was Vanessa? Um, they didn't want kids too scared. Yeah. That could but be those a, snakes were so scary. A, was... The way they came out of the mouth. Oh, yeah. that was so gross. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm taking in everything you're all saying, and it all makes sense to me. Um, I don't know what I would. This is where I really struggle because I I know that the the like what you're saying, Craig, that the flower revealed it wasn't so wow for me. It wasn't like a wow scene. And yes, I see what you're saying, Brett and John, about the 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 cat looks not very realistic. But I don't know what I would say to make it any better. I don't know what I could have suggested to make it any better. So all I know is I enjoyed it. And I, I just, 
that's it. I, I really enjoyed yeah. the, the, except for the line delivery. That's all I can think of. But <laughs> in, in general, I don't know what I would change about this movie. I, I Here's one thing too, that I would suggest that if you haven't seen Jumanji, maybe don't see that before you see this movie, because the rock is so funny in that movie. Mm-hmm. that If you go in with this expectation that he's going to be this really big, funny character, that's not going to happen. So it's just, he's a, playing a total, a, not totally different, but a different role. So watch this movie and then go watch the Jumanji movie. Uh, just so it doesn't kind of, you know, taint your, what, what you think of this movie. Cause I think that a little bit of that happened to me. That totally makes sense to me because those new Jumanjis are just fantastic. But let's go into any final wrap-up thoughts that we have. We all obviously enjoyed this film. We suggest that we suggested at the beginning that people go and check it out. But any final thoughts? And we will let uh, Brett. You can go first because I feel like I went to you last almost every time. Well, I have twenty thing, twenty-seven things to mention since I've been overlooked so much during this. No, just kidding. Uh, no, I just wanted to say that when we going back to characters, because I am going back there, um, that we it was cool to see, um, you know, some of the actors like you know the tourists that were in the boat and other that I'm like, going, haven't I seen them in something else? So let's see, the guy with the big mustache was also in uh, Wandavision. And oh. I thought he was the mailman, but he wasn't. He was another guy in the office. And um, but I'm like going, yes, he, he has a look with that mustache, and apparently that's what gets him the gigs. Because so okay. And then let's see. Also, Trader Sam was in uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, oh. and um, and the the Jack Whitehall story, which I've watched on Graham Norton, is that he was so excited to play Gothi, the troll priest in Frozen. And that he went to the premiere and he was telling everyone that he was, you know, in it and, and his line was cut. <laughs> and so, oh, no. so this is like a Disney payback for him. So I was like very happy that he got this part. So that was very cool. You know, he went and to such the a premiere, cool part too. Yeah. So I, I thought bring that was the, Bring in the outside research. That's what you can yeah. come to expect from Brett Rutherford. Well, you know, so that was one of the, and then the other thing, okay, since we're wrapping up, I'm, you know, I'm like, <sighs> Is does this? This is a summer film, and I don't expect. I expect to be entertained in a summer film, and I was seriously under- entertained, and especially after our situation, our year and a half of the present situation, I'm like going. It's not going to take a lot to make me love this, and it and it did a lot, and I loved it a lot. But so, is there a chance that this might be? you know, a new franchise, you know, a new Pirates of the Caribbean one through five or seven or whatever. My thoughts were, I said, well, I mean, there's always a possibility. I mean, I looked, I looked at Dwayne Johnson's IMDb list of upcoming projects and there is a San Andreas two there. So I'm thinking that, and the Jungle Cruise is his production company. So I'm saying there's a chance. So I'm holding out for, you know, more I'll tell you what, uh, I, you know, bringing this full circle um, doesn't necessarily need to be a Jungle Cruise movie, but you give me a rock and Emily Blunt heading into the mansion. I don't know. Mm. That could be kind of cool. I think that's been cast. I think I read that at the time of this mm. recording, I read that there was a cast of two. two no, but there's always rumors. There's always writing, there's casting, there's everything else. Okay. And then, well, it never happens. put that production on hold and when we need Emily. That's right. Just walk them through all the Disney attractions. They can do, uh, they can do flying carpets for that. Do a small world. Now wouldn't that be cute? It's a small (laughs) world. Uh, They could go to ride to ride in Adventureland for sure. Uh, No, I, I think that that's all excellent. Uh, Hopefully uh, there are, I, I, it'd be interesting because I don't know if this is going to make back the money that they put into this budget, but I also don't know that that was their fault. Uh, I think that the pandemic has just shifted things so much. And clearly, if this movie was made with the pandemic in mind, I I don't think it gets a $200 million budget because I don't think that they think that they can recoup that. So it'll be interesting going forward how they make those kind of decisions. $91 million is nothing to scoff at for an opening weekend where we are right now. But this film probably would have made uh, well over $100 million just domestically had it been coming out uh, in the before times right so it's just really interesting i wonder if they grade this one on a curve a little bit financially 
And I do hope that we get to see them again. But really, overall, I really, really enjoyed this film. Uh, John, we'll go to you and then Vanessa can get her final thoughts in on this. Three quick things, if I could remember quick. Craig, you mentioned Romancing the Stone. When they were swinging on the vine, immediately that's what I thought of. <laughs> is that where it really clicked for you? You're like, oh, yep. okay. Oh, yeah. Number two is uh, going to what Brett said about sequels. You know, I could definitely see Jungle Cruise 2. There's so many stories that the Amazon could tell. You could do whatever you want with that Nile, whatever. And number three, I think like a good Disney attraction where you could ride it over and over and over and still see new things. I think you can watch this movie a few times and keep catching new things on the left side, the background, you know, just looking past what they're initially throwing at you in the focus. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you're spot on there. Vanessa, take us home. I agree with John that there are so many stories about the Nile. And if you don't agree with John, you're in denial. <laughs> that's wonderful that's great. just oh. wonderful it, was that your wrap-up was that well it? i mean here's here's Might what i well wish be. for our audience is to not my first time that i realized they told jokes i got on it i was thinking it was just a little boat ride i didn't even notice they were telling jokes until about halfway through and then, <laughs> and then i realized what was happening it was like church giggles because no one was laughing and then i heard them say like uh uh something about the elephants like you might think that's water coming out of their nose it's not and i just started laughing so loud and then other people in the boat started laughing and my mom's like stop it you're embarrassing me and uh it was it was wonderful and and i've had some other really good skippers too so i don't wish for anyone to go on this ride and be like hoping to laugh with these jokes and then be like oh what groaners they're dad jokes if you went into it just totally unaware that they were telling jokes and then you started picking up on it. That's the funniest to me. Um, so I, I wish people would just start embracing the jungle cruise, go into it with a, a good mindset. Cause if you go into it, just wanting to have some fun, you're going to love that. Right. If you go into it being like, Oh yeah, listen to these dad jokes. Well, then you're not going to have any fun anywhere. Why are you even in Walt Disney world? That's a happy place. Get out of here. We, so, we, we have a, we have a vlogger on a this show. Here? So what I'm going to say is that, and this might be controversial and Panda, you didn't do this to me. Uh, some other, other bloggers did. But for whatever reason, there are certain bloggers that when they decide to go on the Jungle Cruise, it is the one attraction that they will show you the entire thing. And I'm just like, we get it. You like this attraction. <laughs> and uh, certainly can mention who that is after we're done recording the podcast. But, uh, but Thank you so much to uh, John. It's just so wonderful. Like I said, it truly is um, so much fun to know you and to be able to, you. to chat Aww. with you. You're doing some amazing stuff down there. You're always having such a good time at Disney. And just thanks for being such a good friend I, I, of I, all I, of I'm, us here. And I'm sincerely telling you how much fun I have with you guys. So I can't wait to do this again, really, honestly. Absolutely. So can you tell people one more time where they can find you and what they can find there? Pretty much everything, bigfatpanda.com goes to YouTube, uh, goes to everywhere. I haven't yet connected it to pandatrivia.com. Every other Tuesday, 8 p.m., we do a free uh, trivia game where you see my face on your device, which could make you shut the device off. And then you'll see like a picture with questions and it's a live thing. So try to join every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, Other every other Tuesday, pandatrivia.com. Thank you. Can I give a referral? Seriously, Panda is so funny. He he's uh, he has to host this show, and he has no audience to feed off of, and he cannot <laughs> and tell how and hard yet. I am laughing at every single one of his jokes when he's doing. But remember yes. that Vanessa likes the Jungle Cruise jokes. I do. <laughs> no, that's okay. I no, but you're so funny, and I I, I really fine. recommend that everyone go. Check him out and definitely watch that <laughs> trivia Thank you. trivia show because he's so funny. 
And of course, you can find our show. Let's say you're a friend of Pandas and you are checking us out for the first time. You can find all of our episodes by searching for Beyond the Mouse on any podcast app of your choice. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Beyond the Mouse Pod. We're on Twitter, Beyond Mouse. And then Facebook, uh, Beyond the Mouse Podcast, but also really want you to come and join the Facebook group, Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals. You'll find all of us in there. And we love chatting with you about what's going on with the show and what we have coming up in the future. And then also some Disney parks news and things. We don't necessarily focus on that as a huge topic of this podcast all the time, but it's really fun to be able to kind of, when news breaks, put it in that group and get everybody's reaction to it and responses to it. So definitely go and check that out. We, of course, are part of NPR Illinois, so you can find us on nprillinois.org. And also we're part of the Front Row Network. You can find them by searching the Front Row Network on any social media platform of your choice so for beyond the mouse i am craig i'm vanessa i'm brett and i'm panda and we will see you real soon cruising down the amazon maybe with the rock i think i would take a ride I, oh, wait 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 nope not gonna finish that sentence not gonna finish that sentence i'm like wow craig's wow. channeling my mother oh my god <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.